What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week five running back start sit video. So talking about every single week five matchup, listing every fantasy relevant running back as either a start fringe option or a sit. Typically the starts are going to be like your RB ones, the running back twos, just the guys you feel pretty confident throwing into your lineup fringe options. Maybe they could slide in as like your flex in RB three. That's kind of like the fringe range. And then sits are players you prefer to keep on your bench. The bars to kind of get into like the start category in the fringe area could be a little bit lower this week because we do have bye weeks for the first time. So we have the Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Buccaneers all on bye. So definitely some fantasy relevant running backs that are just kind of out of the picture here in week five. Um, if you guys enjoy the video, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Any questions, drop them down below. I'll make sure to get back to uh, as many people as I can. And then I'll also have my wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end start sit videos out today also. So stay tuned for those. But let's jump into the first matchup. We have Thursday Night Football, Chicago Bears going up against the Commanders. And this Bears backfield is pretty interesting here because this was a pretty close split between uh, Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson through the first three weeks. I think a lot of people, including myself, expected that to kind of continue. Maybe you see Roshan Johnson take over at some point in the season just because he's the younger option, could kind of continue to build on his role. But then in week four, we see Khalil Herbert just dominate the opportunities, the usage. He had a 78% snap share, 65% route participation, 18 carries, five targets. So if he's able to maintain that role, he's definitely a very solid option. The problem is that this could easily just flip back to a committee. It's possible they were just kind of riding the hot hand. They went up early, didn't want to change anything up and just rolled with Khalil Herbert. So I have him as a fringe option because of that uncertainty. If he was locked into that same workload from last week, he would be a start as like an RB2, but I just don't think there's anything guaranteed there. So I have Khalil Herbert as a fringe option, Roshan Johnson as a sit. For the commanders, really nothing's changed in this backfield. Brian Robinson continues to be a very solid start, a very solid weekly RB2. And then Gibson, just not super relevant. Also a tough matchup here against the Bears because they're probably going to be ahead. I think they're seven point favorites in this game. So it's not like he's going to be getting that garbage time work either. Now shifting over to the Sunday slate of games, going to start it off with the Jaguars taking on the Bills. Even though Travis Etienne is coming off a down game in uh, week four in London, the usage is still great for him. I would not shy away from firing him up as a very strong running back one. Then on the other side, we have the Bills backfield, and there's kind of some interesting developments going on here. So through three weeks, James Cook had been a really solid option. The only thing he was kind of missing out on was the goal line work, didn't get into the end zone in the first three weeks. He would drive him down the field, and then they would take him out. Like once they got into the red zone, got near the goal line, he'd be out. They'd throw in Latavius Murray or Damian Harris. He was actually in on the two goal line snaps that the Bills had in this game, which led to him scoring his first touchdown of the season. But even though he got in on those goal line snaps, he didn't play on third downs and he was out snapped in the uh, two minute drill snaps. So he gains some touchdown upside, loses some potential receiving work. The usage honestly seems weird because I think it kind of makes sense why he's not in on the goal line. And then I think it makes sense why he's getting the receiving usage. That's kind of uh, more of a strong suit. So we'll see if this was just like a one-off game with that type of usage. Obviously the touchdown upside is nice. You'd also like him to keep that receiving upside, but we'll see how it shakes out. I still think he's a very strong start. And then uh, sitting Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, but it does seem like Latavius Murray is kind of separated as like the RB2 there. Now shifting over to the Texans-Falcons game, starting it off here with Damian Pierce, 
He had a decent fantasy day, but this was another inefficient game on the ground. Only a 36% route participation, so really nothing has changed like in terms of his usage. He's going to have a strong weekly workload on the ground. The receiving work's probably not going to be there. And this is a tough matchup going up against the Falcons. We just saw them shut down Travis Etienne. They've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to the running back position. And then this Texans O-line is just still banged up. I do think Pierce will be a better option later on in the season once that O-line can get healthy. But right now, I don't think he's much more than a uh, running back three at this point. On the other side with the Falcons, Bijan Robinson didn't have like an insane fantasy day. But if you were watching that, uh, that London game, he is just an insanely fun player to watch. Every time he touches the ball, it feels like a big play is going to pop off. And, you know, touches where he should lose a yard or get no gain, he always manages to turn it into something. So you continue to fire him up as a high-end running back one. And then going to be sitting Tyler Algier. Probably going to be a competitive game here going up against the Texans. Not a game where I think they're going to be able to run it a million times to kind of seal it out. So Algier is going to be a sit from here. Bijan Robinson is just clearly the uh, better running back in that room. Now, moving over to the Panthers-Lions game. For the Panthers here, Miles Sanders' usage had been pretty solid through three weeks. Unfortunately, now it seems like he's dealing with a groin injury, and they're kind of having him play through it instead of just sitting him out. So he was clearly limited with that injury. He logged one more carry and one more target than his uh, backup or now like committee mate, Chuba Hubbard. But we also saw Chuba Hubbard play more snaps and run more routes then Miles Sanders. So this was pretty much like a 50-50 split. We did see Miles Sanders take the more valuable touches. He got both the goal line snaps and then also the two minute drill work. See, if Miles Sanders was healthy, locked into that starting role, he'd be a start for me. But if this is going to continue to be like a 50-50 split, I still think Sanders is the better option because he's getting those important touches. But on an offense that's not great, like he's definitely not like a surefire locked in start if he's not getting healthy. So he will be a fringe option for me. And then I do think Chuba Hubbard is an interesting waiver wire ad because maybe they just want to let Sanders get healthy. They sit him and then Hubbard becomes a pretty solid fantasy play. On the other side with the Lions, a lot of talk surrounding this backfield. I have David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs both listed as sits. I mean, no doubt David Montgomery has to be a strong start moving forward. He's averaging 23 carries a game and is also just locked into that goal line work like we saw Jamal Williams last season. Um, For Jameer Gibbs, he hasn't put together a huge fantasy day yet, but I still think his usage and overall workload is worthy of being a running back too. He's averaging 7.3 carries and 5.3 targets per game. I think I messed up that target per game number in my... uh, buy low trade target video. I think I might have uh, switched the game where him and Montgomery or Montgomery was injured. So the workload is fine. Seven carries, five targets on a top offense. I still think he's a decent running back two week to week, and I still think he's startable here. Shifting over to the Titans-Colts matchup, we saw Derrick Henry have a huge bounce back in week four. I do like him as a sell high if you were concerned about him heading into that week four game, but he was always going to be someone you're starting every single week, sitting his kind of committee member or handcuff Tajay Spears. And then for the Colts, this is pretty much going to be starting whoever the starting running back is. So if JT is able to play in this game, him and the Colts have worked their contract stuff out, he's healthy enough to give it a go coming off the pup list, then you fire up Jonathan Taylor. I really don't think there's a situation where I'd be like, oh, is this going to be a split? Should I play JT? For me, like unless your team is wildly stacked, if JT is playing, I'm firing him up in my starting lineup. If JT does not play, 
then I think you fire up Zach Moss like you've been doing. He's been locked into a very significant workload with uh, Jonathan Taylor out. Then we're going to have the Giants taking on the Dolphins. And since Saquon, it seemed like he had a shot to play in that Monday night game. I'm assuming he's going to be playing here in week five against the Dolphins. So he's a start for me, even though this Giants offense just looks terrible. Saquon Barkley is still going to be a running back one for you for fantasy. And then for the Dolphins, we've got this kind of committee going on here with Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. I think Achan is the more valuable running back rest of season. He played 11 more snaps and ran 12 more routes than Raheem Mostert. Now, the kind of game script could have factored in there. They were down um, to the Bills. I believe Mostert also lost a fumble, so maybe he was slightly being punished for that. But Achan was also just way more efficient and effective with his opportunities. I still think this is going to be a split. Like, I don't think Achan's going to turn into some huge workload player. He's really just not built for that. So I still think it'll be a split. But I think Achan is kind of approaching that RB1 territory. It's a weird year for running backs. I think he's right in the mix there. And then I still think Mostert's going to be like a solid weekly RB2, even though he had a down game. I mean, this seems like a bounce back spot here going up against the Giants. Moving over to the Saints-Patriots uh, matchup, starting off with Alvin Kamara here, he's a locked-in start. He honestly handled a much larger workload than I thought. I thought this was going to be some sort of split with Kendra Miller, maybe Tony Jones getting in there. Kamara really dominated the work. Could have also been a game script thing, right? They were trailing most of the game to the Buccaneers. He was obviously wildly involved as a pass catcher. The yardage didn't really show it, but I mean... 10 plus targets locked in, 10 plus receptions. He was super involved. PPR monster if you did have him in that scoring setting. But regardless, even if he gives up some work next week, I still think he's a locked in start. And I don't think you can consider starting Kendra Miller or uh, Tony Jones. Then for the Patriots, not a strong start to the season here for Ramondre Stevenson. There were like reports coming out before the game that he was going to see way less work. Zeke was potentially going to be the starter. None of that ended up happening. Like Ramondre took his normal snaps. Zeke took his normal snaps. The Patriots offense just has not been good. So I think you still fire up Ramondre Stevenson as a start, but it's just a little bit concerning that this offense really cannot get a lot going. Obviously, it was a tough matchup against the Cowboys, but still not ideal moving forward. Um, And then sitting Zeke as their running back too. Then we're going to have a divisional matchup between the Ravens and the Steelers. A lot of fringe options in this matchup here. So for the Ravens, I have Gus Edwards as a fringe option. He was the clear leader in that uh, backfield in week four. He had a 69% snap share, 65% route participation. He took 14 of the 20 running back carries. There's no guarantee this sticks. Like Justice Hill was coming back from injury. Maybe Justice Hill starts to eat into that workload again. But I mean, with all the other, uh, or with the four teams on by, most of them with relevant running backs, I do think he's like a desperate play in your lineup if you really need it have some of those guys on by. And then kind of a similar story for the running backs with the Steelers here. Uh, We actually saw Najee and Jalen Warren play the exact same number of snaps and run the exact same number of routes. This offense as a whole has just been really brutal. Um, Even with Jalen Warren not getting into the end zone, he has still actually been a mid-tier running back three in points per game. So pretty much like the definition of this fringe territory. Obviously, you'd probably prefer like a wide receiver three, but who knows what your situation is with the bye weeks. Najee, I mean, has been completely brutal from where you drafted him. His workload on the ground has still been fine, but it's been incredibly inefficient. He's not super involved as a pass catcher. You would expect him to get the goal line work. It's just a tough matchup here against the Ravens, so he's probably like a back-end running back three, maybe a mid-tier RB3. 
I don't think you should feel super confident playing either. But like I said, the running back position probably is going to be a little bit thin this week. Now, moving over to the Bengals-Cardinals matchup. Bengals are not trending in the right direction, but this could be kind of like a get-right game here going up against the Cardinals. Joe Mixon, you fire him up. Obviously, the offense hasn't been good. They're not putting points up on the board, but Joe Mixon is still giving you a solid workload. He'll be getting his volume in a better matchup. I still think he's a solid play here. And then on the other side with the Cardinals, you just continue to fire up James Conner, super involved week to week, has some pass catching upside, coming off a little bit of a down game against the 49ers, but that's to be expected in that matchup there. Next is going to be the Eagles taking on the Rams, and DeAndre Swift has kind of separated himself from Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell led that backfield in week one. DeAndre Swift wasn't super involved. Week two, Gainwell is injured, misses the game. DeAndre Swift has a monster performance. Then in week three, we saw them have a pretty even like 50-50 split in terms of snaps, usage, opportunities. DeAndre Swift was just way better with them. So the Eagles made their adjustment. Week four really just shifted to DeAndre Swift being the RB1 of this backfield. So he's a locked in start. Kenneth Gainwell, definitely still worth rostering as like a handcuff option but it doesn't look like he's going to have any week-to-week upside at this point, so sitting him. Then for the Rams with uh, Kyron Williams, we saw Kyron Williams go out, handle another very large workload, 25 carries, three targets. We did see Ronnie Rivers kind of work in, get some snaps there for the Rams. Uh, Kyron Williams was pretty much like the only running back involved week uh, two and week three. Like I said, Rivers did get in there. It's not like it you know, restricted Kyron Williams or anything with his 28 opportunities, but I do just want to mention this again. I've talked about it a few times with Kyron Williams. Some people don't love it. Um, Kyron Williams has not been efficient in his opportunities. He actually had the fewest rushing yards over expected of all the week four running backs. And he's been a bottom 10 running back in that metric through four weeks. So he's getting the volume, which is going to lead to fantasy production, right? That's amazing. You just have to hope that Sean McVay continues to feed him. Um, if Sean McVay decides to pivot, turn this into a committee, Kyron Williams could obviously, you know, have negative effects of that. My overall point is that if you're confident like Kyron Williams is going to retain this job, then yeah, you hold him, you continue to fire him up. If you have some concerns that maybe he's not playing at a high enough level to retain that workload, it wouldn't be crazy to pivot off of him. Um, if I had him in some leagues, I have been trying to kind of sell high get a more locked in running back one because that's kind of what people view him as right now. But just want to put that out there. And then I do think Ronnie Rivers is a decent pickup. If Kyron Williams does start to lose some opportunities, he could be the beneficiary of that. In the next game, we have the Jets taking on the Broncos. And I originally had Brees Hall as a fringe option. He had a very underwhelming or another just like underwhelming game um, in week four. But I do think there's some hope here moving forward for Brees Hall. First off, you have Zach Wilson who looked significantly better on Sunday Night Football, really just looked like a different quarterback out there. And then you have this matchup against the Broncos. They have allowed by far the most points, uh, fantasy points to the running back position through four weeks. Obviously, it's kind of skewed by that Dolphins game, but I mean, the Bears ran all over them and they hadn't had a ton of success um, on the ground through the first three weeks. So it's a nice matchup. The Jets should be able to put up some points. I think this could be the game where Brees Hall kind of gets back on track um, potentially like replicates that week one work. So I have him as a start. I don't think he'd be a start with no bye weeks, but he probably slides in there as like a mid to back end RB2. And then looking at this Broncos backfield, this is uh, not looking great at this point. It seems like the Javante, I think it was a hip injury. It's not expected to be serious, 
but I feel like this backfield could be devolving into an even grosser situation than we had before, right? Early on, it was the Javante williams Samaje Pirine split. Now we have Jaleel McLaughlin coming in here, getting in the mix. He like stained a touchdown or like stole a touchdown. I think it was like the week two game. Maybe it was just kind of out of nowhere. Like he had one carry and it was the touchdown, which was pretty frustrating. But he came in after Javante Williams left with injury, played really well, was very efficient. And now Sean Payton is talking about expanding his role. So if this starts turning into like 33%, 33%, 33%, it's going to be gross moving forward. At this point, I'd have all these running backs as sits. You could give me an argument where like if Javante's out, then maybe you want to start Piran or McLaughlin. But right now, just going to have those three assists um, at this point. Shifting over to the Chiefs-Vikings matchup, I think Isaiah Pacheco has kind of taken control of this Chiefs backfield. 60% snap share, 44% raw participation, which isn't great. But for Pacheco, who we really didn't think would have any receiving upside, it's honestly kind of fine. Um, he took 20 of the 26 running back carries. I feel like he's a back-end RB2 at this point. You could probably even argue a uh, mid-tier running back too with these uh, bye weeks coming in here. So I do think he is a worthy start this week. Then we're going to have the Vikings. And we saw Madison kind of maintain control of this backfield, even with uh, Cam Akers making his debut or debut with the Vikings. 69% snap share for Alexander Madison. He took 17 of the 22 running back carries. I do think Akers could eat into that workload that kind of talked about right in the hot hand, but I do think Madison had to have the leg up just being in the building, being in that offense. Um, but obviously, Alexander Madison is going to be the better player right now. I think he's a fringe option, RB3, Cam Akers, maybe he starts to eat into it, but right now he is definitely going to be a sit for me. Then we are going to have probably the best game of the week, or at least one of the best games of the week, Cowboys taking on the 49ers. This one's pretty simple. You fire up Tony Pollard, you fire up Christian McCaffrey, two workhorses on top offenses, both locked in starts. And then for the final game of the week, Packers taking on the Raiders. For the Packers, Aaron Jones had a pretty underwhelming return in week four. He was limited. The Packers offense kind of struggled throughout that game. I think you fire him up as a start. This was a long kind of week and a half off because they had that Thursday night game, then going to play on Monday night. I like Aaron Jones as a start with Aaron Jones back. Got to be sitting A.J. Dillon. And then for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs had the usage through three weeks. He just didn't have the production. Finally gave you a solid fantasy day. Um, so you continue to fire him up as a running back one. That is going to wrap it up for all 16 week four matchups. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button. Check out the other Start Sip videos. Any questions, drop them down below. And thank you as always for stopping by. And I will see you in the next one.